This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, September 8th. I'm Gavin McGough. And I'm Kara Pallone. In today's headlines, Telluride hones its town vision plan. Writes Mesa murders five years later. Norwood gets a new pizza place. And a mountain weather forecast. Where one usually hears raucous applause in the rowdy chords of live music, this Wednesday, Telluride's transfer warehouse was instead buzzing with the hushed tones of focused conversation. The venue is hosting an open house for public input on Telluride's town vision plan. The Consultants in Urban Planners Design Workshop conducted a community survey earlier this summer and are working with the town government to turn those results into a comprehensive community action plan. Stephanie Hatcher, a Telluride resident and a longtime school board member, feels that the process is moving quickly. Yeah, I, I would appreciate a little bit more community engagement. Um, there are about 40 people here tonight. Um, they want to come up with a plan uh, in this month or next month. Seems a little swift. Angie Peterson agrees that things are moving quickly. She wishes that the consultants would hold more planning sessions with the community doing this like three or four or five more times, giving, giving people different venues, whether you divide them up into, I guess it would be focus groups like seniors, uh, professionals, younger ones, school age. You know, I, I just think that this is such, a, this is one of the things that can pull our community back together very solidly or it can keep dividing it. So I hope we use the tool well. Using survey results, Design Workshop drew up a series of focus areas for Telluride's future. These included priorities such as housing for all and a thriving workforce. Rick Silverman has lived in town for 50 years and identified himself as, quote, unapologetically preservationist, unquote. He says the survey got certain results because its questions made certain assumptions. The way in which this survey is assembled has certain underlying assumptions about the benefits of growth or the inevitability of growth. And this has been a community which previously has made it abundantly clear, in particular instances, that we have grave doubts about growth, and more and more so as we've watched what's ha happened in the last couple of years. But the questionnaire, the survey, really did not provide a means other than extraneous comments to reflect that sentiment. The open house took place on the evening of Wednesday the 7th. The following day, members of town government and the design workshop team held a day-long retreat with the goal of creating a town vision statement. Town council member Dan Enright recognizes that there are different perspectives in the Telluride community. Uh, it can be hard to get seven members of town council to agree on things and getting our entire community to agree on where they want to see the town go in the next 20 years is a difficult prospect. Um, but there's, there's compromise on a lot of different things, and I think that with the leadership that we have, we're going to produce a, a product that, that most people will be very happy with. All in attendance, even those expressing frustration with the process, say they are showing up out of a love for their community. Angie Peterson and Pamela Bennett say that Telluride is constantly changing, and it's important to keep perspective as the community faces difficult questions. It's, it's an exciting time. We just have to stay positive. 
and we want to be um, contributors and givers and helpers and not obstructionists. It's hard, but it's good. I mean, we've gone through the mining change, we've gone through the ranching change, and now the real estate. And we were here before there was a ski area. <laughs> so we, um, we do have a heart for Tyrod, and Tyrod has a heart for people, so we're proud to be part of it. By the end of Thursday, town council, other members of town government, and representatives from neighboring communities hope to create a vision statement and action plan to guide Telluride's future. This Thursday, September 8th, marks five years since the murders of two young girls on a farm in Norwood. The discovery of their bodies and the details surrounding the tragedy shook San Miguel County to the core. Five people were charged in connection to their deaths. All were convicted and are currently serving out prison sentences, some of which will be for life. Sheriff Masters, who is seeking his 12th term in office this election season, stopped by KOTO to talk about how the case impacted the agency. Sheriff Masters, thank you for taking the time to come in today. It's my pleasure. How often do you think about this case? Michaela and Hannah's pictures are in our lobby, uh, along with two other female victims of homicide. It's interesting, since I've been here as a peace officer for 47 years here, um, we've had uh, four homicides. And the one commonality among all those people is that uh, they're all female. Two of them, of course, were, were, were juveniles. Yeah. Do you remember when that call came in on September 8th? I, I do. I, I was... Uh, Coming up from um, being out of town, and um, I heard on, on the radio, uh, on my handheld radio that I, I carry with me, uh, I was coming over Lizard Head that they were responding, the deputies were responding to a, a uh, report of uh, possible deceased individuals at a location outside of Norwood. So I went and I got my patrol car and drove over to Norwood, and there was... Um, uh, rather chaotic scene. Uh, there were all these people uh, dressed in long robes and had some kind of um, turban, almost like hats on. Very kind of odd scene that, that I, I didn't realize these people had been living for a couple months on uh, the farm owned by Frederick Blair, who ended up being one of the defendants. But um, uh, Alex Blair, Frederick, um, uh, I immediately approached him, and he said he's, he was the one who called it in and uh, wanted to um, – I asked him if he wanted to make a full statement, and I, he said he did, and I drove him to Telluride and interviewed him there for a couple of hours and, and got the full story about what had been going on. How did this tragedy shape the sheriff's office in terms of you know, policy or training or investigations? Did it change anything? Well, I thought we did a really great job on it. First of it, I think uh, – um, Under Sheriff Dan Cobalt was a lead investigator. He and our entire team uh, really uh, came together, and we were able to, um, and together with with a really great prosecution team that that our district attorney uh, put together, we were able to um, successfully prosecute all those individuals. And it, it certainly wasn't easy. There wasn't yeah. a definite sp smoking gun. So still, you realize in every case uh, that there are things that we could have done better. We are in a different circumstance now. We, our evidence, uh, both collection and preservation, uh, mainly due to our Norwood office being uh, and having a big uh, brand new uh, evidence room and processing area, uh, has really improved a lot. And, and Thank you to all the taxpayers who helped fund that particular uh, 
uh, building and facility. We're definitely better in both our computer systems, our report writing systems. Uh, our new body cameras uh, are, would have been a big help too, where everything that we were doing would have been recorded mm -hmm. and preserved. Uh, and, and so um, there wouldn't be, you know, the, the defense could immediately have everything that, that, that we did in live time. You know, one thing that people don't often talk about is PTSD and the tools that they're given to, to work through situations like this as first responders. Yeah, it's interesting that, that uh, some of the people that responded are no longer with us. Uh, um, and that's, that's kind of typical uh, when you have a um, really bad crime scene, as this was, that you'll lose some people. And they either they get um, – they may not realize it themselves they're getting burned out or, 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 or that they leave on their own volition. And, but that happens. And then there's just the overall stresses of, of – uh, peacekeeping in general. And, and, and these days, we have a lot of people leaving the, the uh, business. There's been a lot of change and turnover in the um, agency, uh, mainly, uh, probably mostly due to age, but also there is a cumulative, they're finding now, cumulative PTSD as people um, witness certain things over uh, a long period of time. You're seeking re-election for another term. This would put you at how many years as San Miguel County uh, well, I, I All in here in Telluride, I started my um, peacekeeping career 47 years ago as a deputy marshal in Telluride in 1975. You know, I, I must be crazy to do it again for the, for the, for the 12th term. <laughs> I, yeah, um, and a lot of people ask me, Bill, when are you going to retire? And, the, and uh, um, yeah, as long as I'm mentally, uh, physically able to do it, I, I, I'm not sure what else I'm going to do with myself. When I, I do retire, I know someday I'll have to. But uh, I still like the challenges of the job and um, looking forward to serving the citizens for another four years. Thank you, Sheriff Masters. Oh, thank you. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. Norwood is hungry. For pizza, that is. The newest rendition of the small town's pizza joint opened over Labor Day weekend and can be described only as delicious madness, with pizza selling out in record time. It was insane. It was bonkers. I mean, it was just... People were waiting at the door when we opened for a long time while I was, like, rushing around. It was pretty crazy. Uh, we sold out in about an hour and a half. Um, we're, it's a little bit slower today, but we're still already, yeah. you know, um, backing up, so. That's Jamie Schultz, who owns the business with Jeffrey Purse. Dark Sky Pie, as the restaurant has been christened, is a nod to Norwood's Dark Sky designation. Deemed as such by the International Dark Sky Association, a recognized authority on light pollution and the leading organization that combats light pollution worldwide. Dark Sky Pie replaces Maggie's Pizza, a community staple that closed earlier this year. The restaurant is located in the same space right on Norwood's main drag at 1615 Grand Avenue. It's takeout only at this point, though that could change in the future. The rush of customers over the long holiday weekend was a clear sign that people have been highly anticipating Dark Sky Pie's grand opening. Schultz says it's small-town pizza culture. It's like huge here. That's just what people want. I mean, they're just, they're, I haven't been able to walk down the street in a couple of weeks without people being like, when's the pizza, when's the pizza, when's the pizza? So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's definitely part of Norman. 
while some people had to settle for DiGiorno's, Norman Squire was not one of them. The Norwood resident was the very first customer in line on Friday night. We went back to the scene of the pie a couple of days later to relive the experience. I was right here, sort of. I mean, I was here, and this panel of glass wasn't here, and that sign was Squire there. says about three people were behind him in line. It was a balmy afternoon, around 4.30 p.m., to be exact. I moved over here. This is the table, right? And I sat down here, and I thought, dark sky pizza. Why is it so hot? Squire ordered a half margarita and half supremo pizza and a spinach salad. Those first bites, he says, were everything he imagined and more. A pizza joint is important to any small town, no matter the size, because it's a place where people can come and congregate and get some good food and meet all their friends and stuff like that. But in particular, this being a dark sky pizza, that is... I don't think it's ever been done before. You know, it's, it's not a thick crust. It's not a thin crust. It's a dark sky crust. Yes. Dark Sky Pie is open Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday from 4.30 to 8.30 p.m. The menu is posted on the business's Facebook page and includes classics like the Margarita and Supremo, as well as offerings such as barbecue pork belly and the Stink House, a garlicky marinara pie with feta, red onions, green olives, pesto, and mozzarella. When you dance down the street with a clouded your feet, you're in love. When you walk in a dream. The 49th annual Imogene Pass Run will take place on Saturday, September 10th. The 17.1-mile race runs over the Imogene Pass Road from Ure into the town of Telluride and reaches an elevation of over 13,000 feet. The race is a storied local challenge, and runners are supported by a team of over 200 volunteers. The runners depart from Main Street in Ure at 7.30 a.m. on Saturday. The first racers can be seen descending into Telluride and over the finish line on Oak Street around two and a half hours later. The Grand Mesa, Uncompagre, and Gunnison National Forest is asking for public comment on a proposed land swap. The Mount Emmons Mining Company is asking to acquire around 550 acres of federal land near its operations in Crested Butte. In exchange, the mining company is offering the National Forest a collection of parcels totaling around 650 acres elsewhere in Gunnison County. The GMUG says benefits of the proposed swap include transferring contaminated waters and lands in Crested Butte back to the mining company for cleanup. It would also transfer to the National Forest, wetlands, rivers, and important habitat for elk, lynx, and sage-grouse. Public comments are requested in writing either by mail or online and can be submitted through October 17th. Visit the GMUG website for more information on how to comment. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for partly cloudy skies tonight with a low around 50 degrees. Friday should be mostly sunny with a chance of afternoon showers and thunderstorms and a high of 70 degrees. Friday night, there's a 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms with a low around 50 degrees. Saturday should be mostly cloudy with showers and thunderstorms likely in the afternoon and a high around 60. Saturday night calls for mostly cloudy skies with a low around 50. This has been the news for Thursday, September the 8th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team 
at 970-728-3206. We would like to thank everyone who recently donated to KOTO during our summer fun drive. A huge thank you to Steve and Michelle Hoish, Marty Prohaska, Teddy Erico, Richard Post, Daniel Zenke, Kristen Hughes, James Moody, Chris Fish and Mackenzie Brewer, Deborah Dion, Brent Fontana, Carrie DiStefano, William Purdy, Kyle Kohler, Elliot Brown, Mike Balser, Dylan Cooney, Andy Frunk, David R. Oliver Smith, Bridget Kenny, Courtney Whistler, Steedman Bass, Kevin Rundy, Dylan Cooney, James Berkowitz, Ron Shin, Monty Degenhart, and Adam Baker. Thank you all so much. <laughs>